So let's continue. Get out your copy uh, of the scriptures and turn to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in chapter 10. Today is one of my favorite Sundays to come and worship uh, at church, Baptism Sunday. It is an absolute joy to get to witness people choosing to walk in obedience uh, and to confess Christ to the body and to, to be baptized and, and put on display as a symbol that which uh, is new birth, somebody dying and being born again as a new person. It is a wonderful, wonderful celebration. Before we get to witness that though together, I do want to preach. I want to share a message with you from Matthew chapter 10 verses 32 and 33. So follow along as I read. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. We often hear, before we dig into this, uh, we often hear of generations. So some old folks in here, some young folks in here, and there's a bunch of you in between in here. And generationally speaking, there's these things we talk about, oh, back in my day, you know, my generation, dot, 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 whatever it is, how things used to be versus how things are now, and potentially a lot of fear about how things are going to be in coming generations, maybe for my kids or for myself or for grandkids. This morning, it's an easy thing to do to look at our culture and see different people that act very differently. There is something to generations and the differences between them. But this morning, this message that I want to preach to you, I want to preach for the here and now. I don't want you to be thinking about how you're different than others and it's different. We are all in the same camp this morning. What I see and what I hear and what I experience personally, so in counseling, with youth ministry that I work with, as I talk to college students, as I talk to young adults, as I have older folks that I I talk to and I work with, I know people from every walk and area of life and there's a lot of struggles that I hear that are the same and it is this. People experience the almost constant pressure and temptation to live for the moment. Making decisions based on current issues, current fires that need to be put out, current feelings, current circumstances, current drama, current bank account, current energy levels, and on and on the list goes. Whatever you have going on in your life now determines how you act, how you live, the choices you make. That's not entirely wrong. There's often no consideration of the future. If there is any consideration, it's like, well, we'll let the future worry about itself you know, when we get there. And it doesn't really have an impact on the choices that people make today. People's days are so busy. I hear so many people say, I'm busy. I say I'm busy often when people ask how I'm doing, so I get it. People are reacting almost constantly and hardly ever being proactive in their decision-making. There's a few areas in particular where I hear this playing out. Three big categories that I have lumped together that seem to be the majority of where I hear this playing out. You might relate with some of these, you might not. Money. I often hear of people spending money and they're, they're guided completely by their desires or their needs immediately. 
They're not following a budget or long-term goals. As soon as they get their paycheck, guess what? Well, what needs do they have right then? That's where their money goes. Well, when the pay period's almost over, they don't have the money they need for things that come up because they weren't thinking ahead. They were, they were living based on the here and now. It's easy to do that. And I'm not, I'm not gonna say that we shouldn't do that. Oftentimes, if you're blessed and you have money, God has given it as a tool to be a steward to use for good things and sometimes things that we want, that we like. Maybe it's not money, though, where you struggle to think ahead and be wise. Maybe, maybe it's time. This is another big one. I hear so many people who struggle to manage their time. They're busy. Too busy to do the things that you know that you should be doing. I hear people say, I need to read my Bible. I need to be praying. I need to get in a community group. I need to be serving. I need to be discipling other people. There's all these things. Whatever it might be, but then somehow they don't have time for it. And my question is, well, what can come off of your plate so that you can put those on your plate? It's like, oh, well, uh, <laughs> nothing can come off. It's like, well, then nothing's gonna change. If you don't sacrifice now in order to make time for things in the future, it's like those things in the future, you're never gonna get there. Maybe it's not time Maybe it's relationships. This is the next and the last big one that I hear. So money and time and then relationships, community. I hear of people who don't have solid relationships. They want to go deeper. They want to have godly friends, godly community. They desire it, but constantly find themselves longing for it, but unwilling to sacrifice to make it happen because they're so concerned with managing the relationship in the moment that they're not going to go confront their brother or sister it's gonna get really awkward when you start to have a deep conversation about sin or shame or about burdens. It's easier to avoid confrontation. If you don't sacrifice immediate fun and ease and comfort in relationships in order to be real, then your relationships and community are gonna stay shallow. It takes sacrifice in the immediate to gain in the future. Maybe you're doing great in all of these areas. Maybe you're very wise and you live well in an obedience with your money and with your time and you're plugging in and you're going deep with your relationships. That is great. That is great. But there's areas we all struggle in. Maybe I didn't talk about the area for you, whatever it is. We all have struggles. But that's not the point. The bottom line is this, the point I'm trying to make. What you do this day shows where you'll be in the future. Who you want to become is determined by the steps you take today, the decisions, the choices that you make today. How much money do you want in your bank account in five years? It's only attainable if you make choices now that will ensure that you get there. Finding community and solid relationships happens when you choose to sacrifice and do the hard thing, maybe say the hard thing, maybe be vulnerable and open up and share things that you don't want to share with people in order to get to the level and depth of community and friendship that you're looking for. Having more time and being less busy in the future, this one's for me, having more time and being less busy in the future happens if you say no to some things on your calendar now. 
There's all kinds of things that I want to have time for, but then I keep allowing my schedule to fill up with all kinds of other things. It's just like, oh. Sacrifice immediately must be made for future gains. So all of the gains in all of those areas I talked about or whatever it is for you, maybe there's something that you're glad that I didn't bring up to talk about because that's what you struggle with. Or maybe you struggle in all three of those areas with your time, with your money, and with relationships. All of these are operating in the sphere of this world, the present, this time. And they're all going to end. Any gains that you make with your time, with your money, are gonna pass away when you die. So the point I'm making and why I mentioned the whole generational thing is because generations view community, view money, and view time very differently and they all handle it very differently. But there's one category in life that everybody struggles to think about. The spiritual. The gains of this life pale in comparison to the destination of your soul, the gains to be made or lost in eternity. Here's what I mean. There are tons of people that I know, that I see, that have plenty of time, plenty of money, and plenty of friends. And they don't give a rip about Christ. It's going to get them nothing other than maybe some temporary joy in this world, but nothing that satisfies. And it's going to be gone. People often fail to look at the spiritual and the eternal thing in their life because they're so focused on the temporary, the here and now and the immediate. Our culture is all about the here and now. Even for believers, guys, it is easy to be about the here and now. It is easy to lose focus of where we're headed and where we're going and to get so wrapped up in all that we've got going on in our life now. The things we want, the things we want to see happen, the things we want to see our kids accomplish and do. Maybe we want to see ourselves have kids. Whatever it is, there's things that we want That's not bad. But what I'm saying is it often drowns out where our focus should be in eternity. Only when we have eternity in mind will we be willing to sacrifice to obey Christ now. The vast majority of people are not thinking about the future. And this scripture and Baptism Sunday is a call for us to remember If you want Christ to confess you on that day, you must confess Christ before men this day. And this buzzword, confession, I call it a buzzword because it's one that is talked about. Many people know of the word confession and use it in regular life, even in non-Christian circles. Confession. What does confession mean? This is not talking about how you get saved. This is not talking about uh, in Romans 10 where it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. This verse, Jesus is talking to his disciples about what their life is going to look like as a follower of Christ. Jesus is speaking to his disciples as he's about to send them out to do the work that he called them to do. And he's speaking to you today, to us. Let me explain. I like in the New King James Version and the New American Standard Version, they use the word confess. Many other versions use acknowledge. They're both good, but I like confess because I think acknowledge falls a little bit short. 
One simply has to be an observer or onlooker to acknowledge something. The personal and intimate reaction to the thing being talked about is why confess is better. Let me, let me just paint a picture. If you were to come to my house, and we're going to hang out in the kitchen, right? We're talking. And then you go into my pantry. You open the door, and on about the fourth shelf in the left, there's a silver bowl filled with candy, specifically Reese cups. And you pull those out, and you're like, Aaron. And you show me, and I'm on my phone doing something. I look up, it's like, yeah. I have two things that I could do. I can either acknowledge those. It's like, yeah, those are Reese cups. Or I can say, those are my Reese cups. And I can confess that those are mine. I love them. I bought them. Put them down. (laughs) Confession is placing yourself and identifying yourself with the thing being talked about, not just acknowledging and talking about the thing. Confess in me is what the original says and it has this this indication of a sense of unity with Christ. Brothers and sisters, this passage is saying that you must not be ashamed to declare that Jesus is yours and you are his. It's personal. And in this passage, I believe that it is saying that somebody and people are going to find the Reese cups in your pantry. And what I mean by that is your life is going to or should be put on display so that people are going to ask, why do you live the way you do? You should be living in such a way that is going to require a confession verbally. All three of those areas, money, time, relationships, Christians should be characterized by love and obedience to Christ. When it comes to money, when it comes to time and relationships, that means people's circles that they operate in, they're going to look different than the world. Where everybody's living for the here and now, Christians should be focused on obeying Christ and looking to eternity. They're not focused on everything they're going to get here and now. They're focused on something else. And that should be cause for people to say, why do they do what they do? And that's where we have opportunities to say, it's like, yes, I believe. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I love Jesus. I trust the Bible. Jesus is better than anything that I could get here and now. What he says is true. There is a happiness that comes that people should want when they look at your life. A contentment, even when things are going bad. Confession is not only speaking of your faith in Christ, but also living a life that confesses Christ. We need to speak. We need to declare. We need to preach the gospel. Some of you are going to be evangelists and going to end up on a box with a microphone at a Reds game preaching the gospel. Most of you will not. And that's okay. But God wants all of us to be speaking and sharing the gospel to the lost and dying world that we live among. But live in such a way also that people ask why you live your life the way that you do. John 15 is talking about the passage where I am the vine, you are the branches, right? In verse four it says, abide in me, abide in me, and I in you. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It's similar language saying, I am in Christ. Somebody to say and confess, I am in Christ. He is mine. I am a part of him. He has bought me. He has purchased me. I have his spirit, the same spirit. Abiding in him, do you know what that is? It's obeying him. Our lives as Christians should be marked by obedience to him that requires us to confess him. And the original, the Greek word that talks about confession in this specific verse, there is this idea of, it's an explanation of why you're confessing. It's not just verbally speaking. It's giving a a reasoning behind why you're doing what you're doing. The explanation and the verbal is a confession of something deeper that is going on inside you. The verbal confession is often the explanation of reasoning behind your life of obedience to Christ. And this is where, this is where people start to look different. If you're not living a life with the end in sight, you'll be living with temporary goals the same as everybody else. Your life won't look different. It won't look any different. If you want to live a life and confess before men that Jesus is Lord, that he is your savior, you're gonna have to deny yourself. This is why so many people are stuck living the here and now because everybody's living for themselves. People want to be better. They want to do life better. They want to grow. They want to change. But people who are just trading the old self for the old self and putting on the old self You need the new self. You need to have something different that you're going to put on. If you don't have, and you haven't been born again, you don't have a new to put on. You're going to be left operating in the here and now with nothing. How do you think any differently? Mark chapter 834 says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. He hadn't carried his cross yet. But he was trying to model for the disciples and tell them what it's going to take to follow him. And in Mark 14, verse 36, before Jesus was crucified, Jesus prays and says, God, if there is another way, please take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And that right there is exactly what it takes to obey. We have to care more about what God says and thinks versus what we want and think. And then be willing to sacrifice what we want and think in order to do what God says. Putting off the old man is denying ourself, feelings, flesh. You must be made new in order to do this. And baptism is a picture of that. There are many people who, can, who actually do this. They make a life based on confessing Jesus. They are all about looking the part, playing the part, and maybe they've convinced most people. But Jesus is not convinced. And Christ will deny them. 
their faith is set in all the things they're saying and doing. But that doesn't save. Christ alone saves. Being in Christ, found in Christ. And I mentioned it before, but Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he has risen from the dead, then you will be saved. When one's faith is firmly fixed on Christ and his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, then one finds rest. Somebody is born again. They have new vision. They have a new heart. They have a new mind. They're all of the sudden able to start seeing all the ways they were living for the here and now and now all of a sudden can start to see ways that they need to put that off and start living for eternity. See the world for what it is for the first time. They see their sin for the first time for what it is. And this is where baptism is a picture of something glorious that happens. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, turn there if you would like, or listen as I read. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The only way that you can walk in newness of life is if your old self has died and you have been born again. Those who have confessed Christ as Lord and believe in their heart that he has raised them from the dead now can walk in newness of life, thus putting on display and confessing among men Jesus as Lord. Having the power to deny yourself and say no to sin and yes to holiness only comes through Christ because that's how you get the Holy Spirit who teaches us what the word says and convicts us and helps us to obey it. Anybody who's just trying to do all of the right stuff and all of their faith is in all of what they're doing, they lack the power to do it and therefore will only be striving and it's going to amount to nothing. The true confessor of Christ is one whose faith rests in him. Having been born again is the only way to receive new vision that is fixed on eternity. Outside the here and now, And that is the only way we will be able as believers to follow Christ's example and to sacrifice immediately things that our world is running after hard. Jesus calls us to sacrifice and to give up in order to follow him. In the end of the passage that we read at the very beginning, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you before my Father who is in heaven. It's a terrible thing to consider. When he denies men before his heavenly Father, it's a pronouncing of final judgment. There won't be any second chances. 
If you've not done this, do it today. There's nothing you have to go and do. There's no scripture that you go, have to go and read right now. If you already know the truth, it can set you free today if you confess and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he's risen from the grave. You can be saved. Do it today, friends. On that day, only the one found in him will be secure. If you're here and you're saved, maybe you're like me and you're prone to wander. You're prone to forget. You're prone to take your eyes off of Christ and you're prone to look at all of the waves that are crashing around. Maybe you're prone to forget about all of the treasures that we're supposed to be storing up in heaven and instead we're focusing on all the treasures that we can store up here. Maybe you're afraid of what people think and you're forgetting that your soul has nothing to do with what people think but who you are in Christ or not. Maybe you don't know what to do Seek him, cry out to him. He is alive and well and he has given you his spirit. He's given you everything you need to follow him. If you're in Christ, live for him. Be bold, confess. Live a life that confesses him among men and use your words to confess him personally as your Lord and Savior. Don't be ashamed. I want to invite the worship team to come up. And I'm going to pray and we're going to sing a song. And then we're going to get to witness a baptism, a symbol of somebody who is walking in obedience. Somebody who has died and has been born again and has been raised to walk in newness of life. And we have baptism as a symbol. And this is something that all of us here need to practice. We need to practice the same as communion. God says, do this as often as you do it in, in remembrance of me. We're prone to forget. We're prone to forget our testimony. We're prone to forget who we were before Christ. We're prone to forget and get distracted by all of these things here and now. And we need to remember where we're going and that this world is not home. So as you witness this testimony, remember who you are in Christ. And remember that you have the same Holy Spirit and the same scripture to follow and be encouraged. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for giving it to us and I thank you for sending your son to die and pay for our sins to make a way for us to be right with you, God. Lord, I thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to teach us, to help us to understand, to strengthen our faith and our trust in you. God, it's scary to sacrifice. It's scary to think about what we have to to lose in this life. Lord, help us to cherish what we have to gain in knowing you deeper, knowing you more, and the joy that comes from knowing you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen everybody here from finishing out this worship service and witnessing another believer that you have saved, that you have called, that you have given new life. Lord, I pray that you would encourage everyone here to walk and to be bold 
and to remember the day that is coming but is not yet when we will be face to face with you. Lord, we love you in Christ's name. Amen.